So I'm with John Wellwood. Hi, John. Hi. So um, maybe one way to start would be to ask you uh, how you work with clients. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, I work in a lot of different ways with clients, depending on my sense of what they're needing and where they're where they're blocked and what they, what they what they're like. Because everybody's different, so everybody's going to respond to different things. But the overall method or approach I take is to unfold, help the person's stream of experience, experiential process to unfold in the direction it needs to go. It's somehow it's getting stuck. Mm-hmm. So we could say everybody has a process, life stream of experiencing, I call it the life stream, which is like a stream of experiencing that's happening all the time, feelings, thoughts, um, impulses, and so forth. Um, and the reason they've come in to see me is that there's something stuck. There's some blockage. There's something they're stuck or confused about or some kind of repetitive pattern they have no understanding or control about. So we t- I try to sort of basically, first of all, I think I used to, I often use the words track and unpack. So I like to track the experiential stream to see what's going on, where it's stuck. Where this person's life is stuck, exactly how it is, that might take a while. Mm-hmm. But um, that that experiential stream wants to go in a certain direction, just like a river does. A stream or, or a river wants to go to the ocean. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really know that. You could say the river doesn't know it wants to go to the ocean. It has to get there. And it probably realizes, ah, I'm where I meant to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same with the body. The body unfolds in that kind of way. The body... You could say, and we're not just talking about the gross physical body. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the subtle body, the lived body, the energetic body, the felt body, which to me is also, I see the three levels of body. There's the gross body, you could say the outer body, the inner body, the felt lived by experiential body, the body as, it, as it's experienced from within. So it's these three bodies that you track. Yeah. Um, I don't track. I track mainly the uh, this, this where I'm talking about the experiential body. The experiential body. But the the deeper aspect of the body is there's a kind of. I actually talk about. We have to keep going back here. I talk about three kinds of body. The body we inhabit, which is the gross outer body, the gross physical body. Mm-hmm. The body that we are, and that's the that's the stream of experiencing that we're moving. This, this, we are that river that's moving. And then, like, there's a third level, which is more esoteric. It's what I call the no-body that we are. Nobody is in N-O? N-O, yeah. So, uh, and that is somewhat equivalent in the Eastern traditions, too. We could call it Dharmakaya, what's called the body of with truth. Mm-hmm. So we could call it the, you know, the, um, the awareness body. Um, the truth body from the soul. We could see there's a larger wisdom in the person that's beyond their personal understanding of self that's also moving or wanting to come to life or to come to fruition in some way. That's, for many, most people, that's kind of hidden unless they're a spiritual practitioner of some kind. And they're focusing on that. But that's sort of like the underlying so three. So, so you're also talking about the fact that this third body is something that you can tap into even if the client is not really right. particularly that's spiritual. Right. It's always there. It's all in there and all of us. It's the, it's the awareness body. That we're all aware of what's going on. Even though we're lost, usually we're lost. Our awareness is lost in our experience. 
usually, usually focused on what we think and what we feel. Mm-hmm. Those are contents of consciousness. But, and so we get, and so we're focused on the content, and then we get swept, we get sort of get swept away by the content. Mm-hmm. And we don't have awareness of that. We don't know, we're not usually not aware that we're aware of the, as I'm feeling angry, and I'm swept up in the anger, I'm in the angry thoughts, I'm in the angry mood, I'm in the sort of what's going on in my body around that, I'm going into, you know, my belief that I need to get revenge or whatever it is. Um, what we're not aware of is that there is an awareness of all that going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that awareness is not swept up, it's not caught up. It's actually a place of space and openness that can actually recognize what's going on there. And it's actually neutral, has no agenda toward that. It's not so caught up in having to get revenge or mm-hmm. do anything, really, or to even express the anger. It's just it's the capacity to actually recognize what's going on. So, and that's that's um, that other body is one that you can access and you can help the client shift yeah. from the gross body to uh, that other. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing it technically in any kind of way, in any technical way. It's not like I'm getting there trying to get them to shift from one body to another body. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm trying to help them develop awareness of what's going on, which is if she's tapping into that third body. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, not a disembodied awareness, not a dissociated awareness that's kind of you know, stepping, completely stepped back from the stream of experiencing, but that's actually, you could say awareness is very much holding our experiencing, but it's also distinct from it. Our experiencing our thoughts and feelings and emotions happen in awareness. Mm-hmm. So they're held, they're in, they're in that space. Uh, but the awareness itself is not completely limited to those thoughts and feelings. So they're, they're just like the sky and the clouds. You can say the, the contents of experiencing are like the clouds. Mm-hmm. They're held within the sky. The sky is not actually obstructed by those clouds, even though it seems that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But in fact, that sky in its nature is completely open, vast, infinite, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm trying to help the person find some of that clear sky to be able to reflect on and relate to what they're experiencing. So in other words, uh, the, the person's experience is to be mostly aware of the clouds, yeah. and, uh, and that relates to that sense of feeling stuck. Yeah, that's what, what part of the claustrophobia in there. They're stuck in there. They're lost in their experience. You say they're lost in thought. They're lost in emotion. Yeah. Their, their capacity to to reflect and to, to know and to be clear and to be open with what's going to really know what's going on, to really know what's happening inside them, around them, and so forth is all is all lost in the in the, in the uh, absorption in thought and feeling. Mm-hmm. So, so so absorbed in the clouds or in the feelings or in the emotion that actually they're unable to see the larger picture. Right. Yeah, or to, to, to even feel themselves. The larger picture also being themselves. Mm-hmm. To feel themselves in the larger sense. Because their sense of self is so determined and conditioned by the, the, um, the drivenness of that, of that experience. 
financial stream. So, but so the other thing, but the other thing we try to do. Um, so it's like I'm not saying that we. Just, I'm not saying this is meditation where we just sit there and watch our experiencing and, and in a very detached way. It's not quite like that, but there is an element of being able to step back and have that open sky quality so you can actually see what's going on. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're actually also working in the stream of experiencing, so we're trying to connect very much with the, the feelings that are happening. But with the sense maybe that the big sky provides a larger container for that experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, again, yeah, that's just my own, mm-hmm. that's my own background, but I don't bring that in any uh, didactic sort of way. Mm-hmm. What I what I actually do is to help. Uh, I help try to help that stream move in the direction it wants to go. Mm-hmm. It's getting it's getting sort of blocked, <clears throat> which is creating some pressure inside, stress and pressure on the person because they're they're lost and lost in the whole process. And they don't know where they they want to go. Or they don't know how to overcome an obstacle in their life. And so the, everything is getting a little coagulated and stirred up and stressed out. And so we try to help the stream move, find the track, the, the stream, and see where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. And then we start to start to see. So we start to see what the feelings are and how they. When we pay attention to those feelings, there's an unfolding process. Um, uh, those feelings start to unfold, so we hit, bring attention to the what Eugene Jensen calls the felt sense or the felt implicit. Mm-hmm. What's there, but which hasn't yet been articulated, and it's directly felt. It's very palpably felt, but it's not clear to that person exactly what it is or what's worth going. So we bring attention directly to that and start to unpack it, unfold it. So basically, there's two things here going on: tracking mm-hmm. the feelings, tracking and unpacking. So, as I want to just stop for a moment, when you talk about the tracking part, as I'm listening to you, uh, you also depict a very vivid picture of um, some kind of a landscape uh, where there is a flow, and um, and so that the uh, client may never really, uh, you're, you're not doing a didactic uh, description of this, but it's pretty much your roadmap uh, as you as you have a session. I don't have a roadmap, really. I, I don't know where it's going either, and I don't have a particular agenda for where it should go. But that's not always true. Uh, there are times when I, I am actually trying to see if I can engender some kind of knowing or understanding in a person. But, but in the essence of the healing, I would say, is more like the essence of what I do is to just bring, help the, the person bring awareness to what's going on, mm-hmm. acknowledge it in their body, and through the process of bringing direct awareness to it with no agenda toward it, what happens, and feeling it directly and bringing an, an attitude of inquiry, I think I started really saying there's three elements of therapy, the relationship, mm-hmm. and then in the particular process, there's two main things. One is which is inquiry, which is bringing awareness to bear on the experiencing so that we can actually look at and ask questions into the experiential stream. Mm-hmm. So that's inquiry, and this is a process of, or that's reflection or inquiry, and a process of presence, which is the capacity to be present with the feeling and experiencing that's going on. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and the, the relationship obviously helps the other two processes. Yeah, all three of those kind of work together. So, when we're tracking, we're tracking, so things are unfolding. Let's say you, you pay attention to your body sense and it feels kind of tight, and then you inquire into that. So, what is what's going on here? Let me feel into that tightness. What is this? What's going on in here? What's it, you know, what's it like to make contact with that? And then usually if they make contact with it, maybe maybe there's some release or maybe it gets more intense or maybe it shifts a little bit. Something else comes up. Uh, it's not so much tension. It's once I pay attention to the tension, maybe something else appears, which maybe it turns there's a sense of uh, sorrow or a sense of frustration or anger or whatever. So just to, uh, to uh, describe it, you're paying attention to where the person is here and now in the body, that sensation, not quite sensation, but the felt sense. And uh, as you stay with the felt sense, it starts unpacking and going into different directions. It goes in a direction. And that's what we mean by the body knows where it wants to go. It doesn't know cognitively. The body now we're talking about is the feeling body, the, mm-hmm. the experiential stream. Like, like a river, it knows where it wants to go. It implicitly knows it wants to go toward the ocean, although the river wouldn't know that in advance until it gets there. Mm-hmm. And then it would say, ah, this is where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of, the, of that unfolding process, you go like, ah, yes, this is, this is, this is what I'm needing to, to know or to be or to feel or to understand. Or, but um, along the way, the stream, you could say, keeps hitting into, running into obstacles mm-hmm. that sort of block it or dam it up a little bit. So the unpacking, and so those, those obstacles are like psychological structures, patterns, condition patterns, defensive strategies, um, blockages in, in feeling itself, fear, fear of the feeling. You might have, maybe that anger is, you know, basically most of our... A lot of our feelings are, are undigested material from the past that we've been able to fully digest. And so, you know, so there's a kind of fear of them. Mm-hmm. There's a fear that they're too much or that I can't handle it. I've never been able to deal with this. And that fear itself um, prevents the stream from moving forward. So in order to digest that material and help it flow and to unfold, we have to unpack what the obstacle is here. What is it? So then, um, so as the stream goes along and you hit the obstacle, then you may have to kind of just like sort of like doing some vertical work of digging in and seeing, well, what's stuck here? What's the problem? What what is the what's going on here? And the questions are always asked into the experiential stream, into the felt sense, into how it feels. And then not end that to be answered with what's been gotten in mind. Yeah. So you, as you, as the stream progresses, you hit obstacles, and then you uh, you explore them, right. but with running away from the the cognitive and helping people go deeper right. in the felt sense. Yeah. To keep to keep unpacking it. To keep unpacking. So I like the image of unpacking. So that sense of you know that maybe there's uh, something very compacted material. It's like compacted. Yeah. It's like the the, the words that are useful here: implicit and explicit. Implicit literally means folded in. So our experience is, we, we have very complex, our experience is very complex as human beings with all kinds of things going on at the same moment. And we have all this history of things that in our past. So 
it's, I mean, most of it is just functioning implicitly. It's not explicit. Mm -hmm. But when we bring awareness to bear on the implicit, we start to unpack, or ex we could even say exfoliate, mm. different elements of the felt implicit one. And we, have, and we can only do that one by one. So at first you feel tension, and then you pay attention to the tension, and maybe it feels a little kind of heavy, and then, but that's already, that's already a little different. It was tense now, it's like we're getting in touch, bringing attention to it. We now realize it's actually more heaviness. And you feel into the heaviness, what's going on here, what's it like to connect with that heaviness. So what you're describing is that this process of unpacking the implicit is actually not something that's done through words, through uh, analyzing a situation. Not through analyzing. The words are a vehicle for it. The vehicle, but for for right. uh, putting words on connecting with the uh, the, the felt sense yeah. and being very uh, focused, being very uh, aware yeah. of what's happening at a body level. Yeah. It's sort of like letting the felt sense express itself. That's really ideally what we want. Sort of like the way if you were doing improvisational dance, you know, you wouldn't, it's different than having a, a choreographed, choreographed dance. Mm -hmm. So improvisational dance, well, how does that happen? How do, you, how do you know where you're going to move? You don't know until the body actually does it. it. But it comes from an impulse. It comes from a sense. If it's really congruent, if it's really creative and, and, and if it's going to be, you know, in the flow, as a flow, it's going to come as a kind of direct expression of where the life energy is in that moment. That dance is going to be a beautiful you know, expression of it. So the movement is the explication, mm -hmm. making explicit what was implicit before. Mm -hmm. so the body had a sense, and now you're invited to dance. If you're given a big room, you're saying, now you can dance in this room, you know. Then the body starts to unfold and unwind and move, and it's the same way with experiential process. Yeah, so that's a, that's definitely a dance in the sense of an improvisation dance, but also maybe a dance between you and the client. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, a, that's right. Of encouraging, of helping, yeah. of uh, the noticing. Yeah. So you're kind of flowing along with that person. So the, as a therapist, I'm flowing along with that river, mm -hmm. with that client's stream. And I am also... Their, their stream of experiencing is also affecting my stream of experiencing, inevitably. Mm -hmm. So the way I track, I also track them, but I track them by tracking me. Mm -hmm. As I track them by tracking my own felt, my felt sense of their felt sense. Mm -hmm. And that's how I don't, and it's like, and I'm not, so I'm not usually not in my, when we're working in this kind of way, I'm not in my mind thinking about what's going on and what it means where it should go, but I'm actually more in my body just sensing mm -hmm. what's being said and where and the shadings and the tones and the colorations and the, and then suggesting things back to that person that help them focus on a certain element of it and just and then we're constantly checking back. If we use words we check back those words uh, to make sure that they're congruent with the felt sense. So the stream actually is moving in the right there's a really direction it really, really, really wants to go. Mm -hmm. and, and again, every step of the way, uh, the control of what, whether it's going in the right direction is at the felt sense level. That's right. The That's the ultimate arbiter. Mm -hmm. So it sounds very corny to say the body knows or mm -hmm. the body wisdom is kind of all, but this is what it really 
means is that there is a, uh, you could say, a process of digestion. You know, another term would be digestion. Actually, we've talked about explication or exfoliation or unpacking. These are all just digestions of different terms. These are terms for, for uh, a kind of blooming, buzzing confusion of experience that it's implicit. Mm-hmm. Or it's like a hologram where you have the, um, what's it called? That, I don't know what the word now is for that. But um, interference pattern. Mm-hmm. And, and when you bring the holographic, bring it to a holographic design, then that takes a certain form. But before, if you looked at it in nature, it was all very fuzzy and blurry. Mm-hmm. It's like that with our experience. It's all kind of fuzzy and blurry until we actually bring awareness to it and start to weed out read out these different elements one by one. So on the one hand it's fuzzy and blurry, on the other hand it's a little, it's compacted. It's compact, that's why it's fuzzy and blurry. Fuzzy and all blurry. these elements are yeah. compacted into one. And they have to be kind of um, brought, brought out piece by piece. And absorbed at a body level. And absorbed and assimilated. And so the process of bringing them out. And then, so then there's, a, there's another the aspect of so the, the inquiry is we're asking asking into that process what's going on and as things emerge then there's also a process of presence what I call unconditional presence where we need to help the person we need to help the person actually be with what's arising because often what's arising is threatening or it's um, or brings up old old wounds or old issues or old emotions or resistance or whatever it is. So it's a process that I'm helping that person be present with what arises. So so it's like the stream is moving and it hits a certain point and then you do some unpacking and something arises. And then before again, before the stream can continue to move, we need to I need to make sure that this person is really present with their experiencing, that they're really okay with what's going on. If they have any if they have any attitude toward it, like this shouldn't be happening, this is not okay, I don't like this, I'm afraid of it. Anything like that, the stream is not going to be able to move in it. And this would also happen at a body level, a felt sense level? Body level, yeah. So so for me, the unconditional presence practice has some different elements to it. I won't go into all of them right now, but just by by acknowledging the feeling and making direct contact with it as it is. Mm -hmm. And then giving it, allowing it to have some space, giving it space. And seeing the letting it, so then you start, and then the person can start to relate to that feeling. Usually, we're there having a hard time relating to the feeling because it's like, um, like maybe some kind of boogeyman mm-hmm. in life that never be able to handle this or have some kind of connotation or association threatening and dangerous. So, trying to just give them, if that's true, then we try to give them, give them a lot of space to be there. Some sort of like. Uh, and then they can start to feel, they can actually then start to feel their awareness happening because that space is awareness. It's the space of awareness that allows the feeling to actually be there. And part of that space is your presence. Is that I'm, I'm embodying, in a way I'm embodying the space by my presence. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, represent, I'm representing space. Acceptance, space. Yeah. Like allowing, acceptance, holding, openness. No agenda. And no agenda is really important because the minute an attitude comes in toward it, 
like it's an anger, it should be expressed, or it should be, or it shouldn't be expressed, or it's, you know, or any attitude toward it like that, um, that interferes with the process, actually. So it's a very fine tuning of not introducing some agenda of what the person should or shouldn't be doing at any given moment. And in that sense, you mentioned of the uh, therapist uh, embodying those qualities or expectations of presence, of acceptance, right. of space. Yeah, yeah that's, and, and that's where meditative training comes in. It's like, for a therapist, I think it's a very useful training. I, mean, I, I always consider meditation my best training as a therapist. Mm. Uh, to, to develop those capacities for openness, spaciousness, not equanimity, non-agenda toward your own experience and then when you can do that with yourself then you can more readily do it with clients actually mm-hmm. if you can't do it with yourself it's really hard to do it actually with clients because in that case then their emotionality will the client's emotionality if I have a trouble with my own anger then the client's anger is going to touch it's going to bring up my sense of discomfort with my anger yeah. and then I'm going to try to manage their anger in some kind of way and that's kind of imposing my my, my, my stuff on them so that, that's the opposite that's when, so we need to actually have just be open with all the whole range of our own experiencing as therapists or mm-hmm. the meditative training is actually very good for that and that's where um, you're uh, actually there is uh, complementarity or, or it goes hand in hand to have a meditative approach and training yeah. and at the same time a very body oriented approach meditative yeah. does not mean in any way something that is quote spiritual and unconnected to uh, right. material yeah. body detached or yeah. transcendent necessarily it's actually quite quite embodied and then with our embodied sort of meditation like embodied presence like sometimes called embodied presence mm-hmm. so do you uh, would you say that that is uh, the spiritual component of your approach to therapy that sense of embodied presence yeah and my emphasis on awareness and um For me, it's not like, uh, you know, we, I don't talk spirituality with my clients at all, really, unless they're particularly on a spiritual path and they want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hold it that way. I hold it as, I hold that with that third body just as part of my understanding implicitly. Mm-hmm. That, that, that ultimately all the neuroses or all the blockages are all forms of an intelligent activity that that wants to unfold and the person's personality structure wants to unfold and flower. Um, again, the seed doesn't know exactly what the flowers are going to look like, but it knows that it, it needs to go in a certain direction. And so um, I'm kind of holding that therefore there's an intelligence operating in every obstacle along the way for that person's development. That um, there's an intelligence there of, of the that is actually growing in and through meeting those obstacles and that it's ultimately going toward wanting to realize 
life of John True Nature, which is, you know, in very simple terms, openness and compassion and love and um, hmm. wisdom. Wisdom being the capacity to just know the reality as it is, reality being what is at every moment. in a way there's no need for the uh, client to be explicitly aware of it no, or it to be all. present in the room. Not at all, no. Yeah. No. I mean, I never, basically, I very rarely talk about meditation or anything of that nature. Client has the experience of simply uh, talking about very real uh, problems and uh, maybe processing them in this uh, way uh, that's a little bit non-natural uh, of the felt sense, but essentially uh, just of processing these very normal things for them. Right. So that they're very much connected to their body, their sensations, their feelings. And um, and then another important point is to, to make a distinction between that that experiential stream of feeling and sensation and um, flow, distinguishing that from their mental stories and constructs about it. That's another odd thing that keeps blocking the stream is the story, the story that the person has about who they are or what they're doing or what, what this means or what their life's about. Or, mm-hmm. And the story, I mean, I don't, I don't mean a narrative, but a, I mean a, a mental construction, a mental fabrication about what this means. Yeah, a beaten path also. Yeah. So when when the when the, when the experiential stream starts to get taken over by a story, then it shuts down, basically it stops. It doesn't flow anymore. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the story like puts a and puts it in a box. Well, this is what it means. I know what this is. This is what it is. Okay. So it shuts down the process. <laughs> right, right. And then uh, with the experiential process and paying attention to the felt sense in the body, you're bringing it back to life. Yeah. You can always, and the thing is, what's beautiful about human experience is you can always inquire into it freshly. Even the things you think you know all about, you know. Mm-hmm. The old person says, well, I'm just bored with that. Well, what is boredom? What is this boredom? You know, what's going on in this boredom? It's always fresh. It's always, and this particular boredom is going to be different than any other boredom. And because it's just what's happening right now, and it's got its own, it's got its own texture because of the difference. It's a different place on the stream, you know. Maybe upstream it was boredom type A, and now a few miles downstream it's boredom type B, you know, whatever. It's got right, its own right. equality at every moment. And when you capture that quality of the freshness of the moment, you're not you, you don't have an agenda because you're there. Right. So it is very much a flow and a dance for, for two people together. Mm-hmm. This recording is part of the podcast at relationalimplicit.com. Back to life. Yeah. You can always, and the thing is, what's beautiful about human experience is you can always inquire into it freshly. Even the things you think you know all about, you know. Mm-hmm. The old person says, well, I'm just bored with that. Well, what is boredom? What is this boredom? You know?
going on on this board. It's always fresh. It's always, and this particular boredom is going to be different than any other boredom. And because it's just what's happening right now, and it's got its own, it's got its own texture because it's different. It's a different place on the stream, you know. Maybe upstream it was boredom type A, and now a few miles downstream it's boredom type B, you know, whatever. It's got right, its own right. quality at every moment. And when you capture that quality of the freshness of the moment, you're not, you, you don't have an agenda because you're there. Right. So it is very much a flow and a dance for, for two people together. Mm -hmm. This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website relationalimplicit.com.